Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What. Today we've got Thomas on and he's the co-founder of Autonomous Agri Solutions. Hi Thomas. Hi Daniel, how are you? Good, thank you. How are we? Brilliant. Um, let's jump straight in then Thomas. Do you want to tell everyone a bit about what you do? So what I'm currently doing is running a small company called Autonomous Agri Solutions and we are the UK importer for Roboti a fully autonomous tractor manufactured in Denmark by a company called Agrointelli. Very cool. So how did you get into the whole world of agriculture and farming then? So I was very fortunate to have grown up on a small family farm where we grow apples, plums, and we've grown a range of different vegetables. Being a small farm, it's incredibly challenging to survive in this very competitive environment with a lot of external forces that the, the make it make it hard for us to continue doing what, what we love and to continue progressing in an ever-changing environment. Um, from that, I became more and more interested in the engineering and the problem-solving side of agriculture and what my role may be within that. And as I grew and developed through the process, I really discovered that the agri-tech industry was about to go through a massive substantial change and really develop into a completely new way of doing things mm. so what are the kind of uh the challenges that you see agriculture facing in the next 10 20 years so i've already i've i've always been involved in the fresh produce industry and that side of things working for a range of different companies in a different roles also with my studies at university studying agricultural engineering and what I've seen is huge pressure, particularly on the UK market, that's coming from the lack of labour resources that we have available and also the quality of labour resources we have available. But in the wider um, area of agriculture as well, looking at the challenges and pressures involved in being more conscious of our environmental footprint and the way that we do our farming. And all of these forces in place are really going to change the way we farm and our standard practices that we use. So you mentioned you studied at university. What kind of thing did you did you study at uni? So I studied at Harper Adams University, where I studied agricultural engineering. This was not my first introduction to agricultural engineering. I was fortunate enough to work for a local farm, and that actually gave me the opportunity to go and work on one of their subsidiary businesses in Senegal, in West Africa. Oh, wow. Now, that was a completely different kettle of fish and really different to anything I'd known being in workshops in the UK. And it really taught me how to kind of be self-sufficient, working with a range of farming equipment that you can't just go down the road and source parts for. So that taught me a lot of skills about planning ahead, problem solving, trying to overcome those challenges. But at the end of the day, always being able to put the machinery in a position where it could go out to work and get the job done. And then moving on from that, I began my studies and was introduced to a far more technical and developed level of agricultural engineering and learn about all of the future opportunities in farm tech and what's going on there. And being at Harper Adams University and being exposed to the projects they're working on there, such as the Hansfree Farm, I understood that the robotics in the marketplace are having an ever-growing importance. 
Um, so Agritech, what's what's that all about? And what kind of skill sets do you think people are going to need working agriculture in the next years? So what's really, really important is to be very versatile and be adaptive. Working on a farm is very different to working in a lab. And as we work with more and more complicated machines and more software-based technologies, people have to always remember that there is still the farming side of it that has to be completed. There is still a nuts and bolts element to this. So finding people that have got the practical skills to go out onto farm, repair, maintain, demonstrate, sell these machines, they must have a practical understanding and knowledge of the, the basic mechanics of it all. But then they've got to grasp that in a manner that allows them to understand the more technical and software side of things and how systems integrate together in a way that lets them fault find and understand the problems to, to be in a position where they're able to change the necessary components and keep the machines rolling and keep the farms producing the food we need to eat. Mm. And what about the rise of big data um, within the world of agriculture? How do you see that impacting jobs and what kind of skill sets do you think that will bring into the fold? So there's lots and lots of data becoming more and more available and more usable data, which is really important in agriculture at the moment. So we're getting all sorts of technologies coming about from a range of companies globally and a range of software that allow us to, to view our crops in a completely different way and start to view crops in a plant by plant basis. But what there is, is a bit of a gap between the data we have available and actually having something usable that we can apply on a farm in a practical manner that works in the real world on a rainy day in a muddy field and do it in a beneficial way that is not only economically beneficial and can increase your efficiencies and reduce your inputs, increase your outputs, but also in a way that, that makes practical sense and practically works and can cope with all, all of the challenges that we have. And so, you, oh, sorry. You, you kind of mentioned earlier as well about the environmental aspect. And we've had sort of uh, another guy on uh, in a similar field, Agritech, um, and he was talking about the importance of bringing the environment up to, you know, bringing farming up to date with the environmental standards that, that we all want to progress towards. Um, and he had some crazy statistics about sort of, you know, wastage of pesticides and, uh, and all things like that. And uh, that kind of waste can be reduced through this tech, right? Yeah, that, that, that's exactly the point. We need to reduce these inputs and reduce the weights. There is still, for many years to come, going to be a place in agriculture for chemicals and chemical applications. But what it is, is about doing that in a much smarter way. We can massively reduce the amount of inputs and chemical inputs we have to put into our current agricultural practices by targeting it in the right manner and putting it where it's needed in the amounts that it's needed to suit the plant's requirements and get the best out of it. But also we need to think about how we're getting it there, how we're getting it into the field. Does that need to be in such great volumes with big machines doing lots of damage to our soil structures and to the land? But then this all must be done in a way that makes practical sense for a farmer. There are some really brilliant companies doing some excellent research at the minute and developing the future of farming. But I see a bit of a gap between our current practices and this ideological future that we hope to achieve. And there's got to be something to bridge that gap and get us to a position where we can start integrating these technologies in our farming systems, but in a manner that allows us to continue producing the food we need to eat 
in a way that farmers can understand and farmer staff and the guys actually working in the fields can understand, come to grips with and use reliably and repeatably in the field. Yeah, I suppose it's like any industry, it's all well and good having the tech in place and ready to go. But if there's that disconnect between the people actually having to use it and what, it, you know, the potential of the tech, what it can do, then it's no good to anybody, is it? That's exactly right. And that is one of the primary reasons why I was so excited to be initially introduced to Robotic, the autonomous tractor that is the primary part of my work at the moment. It was actually at a large agricultural machinery show in Germany called Agritechnica. I think it's one of the largest in the world. Over 400,000 people go. It's absolutely massive. Mm. And I went there with my colleague at the time, Jack Wyatt. And we went not as two students, though we went with a group of students. We wanted to go as two young professionals that were interested in the industry. So we dressed up smart and we went there as a knowledge-seeking exercise. Mm. We didn't go there with the intentions of setting up a business, but we really wanted to learn about what was exciting and what was at the forefront of agricultural technologies. There was a robotic section to the show that we were both particularly interested in. So we went and spoke to 20 or 30 different companies, whether they were processing data, recording data, building robotics and doing this or that. But we always came back to the same point that everyone was telling us, well, this is our product. Here's a short video of it, or here's a concept version, or this is something we might achieve in five years' time, in 10 years' time, whatever it may be. No one had anything tangible. No one had anything that me, as a, as a farmer, could get to grips with and use in the field in a way that made sense. That was until we came across Agrointelli, and we saw their incredible machine that looks very unique compared to a standard tractor, but their introductory line to us was, would you like to buy one? <laughs> wow. So it's that ready, ready to go. alarm bells ringing. And that really, really made us think that there's, 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 something, there's something going on here. There's something important about to happen. Mm. So we spent the next, well, it must have been an hour, learning every detail about the machine, talking to them, understanding their concept, their business structure, and what their company was trying to achieve. So that, that, that took place in November 2019, and it might have been November 2020. <laughs> <Time> <laughs> it all blurs time, into one. It does. Time's going so fast at the minute. Um, but from the next six months after that, we were in ever greater communication with Agro and Tele. And we had worked out that there was definitely a role for us within the development of that product and within bringing it to market. We just weren't quite sure initially what that was. Mm. Our first idea was to use our range of contacts through um, our range of contacts in the British agricultural industry, either people we'd met through our studies, um, either people we'd met through our short careers at that time. Um, but we believed we had the right marketplace where we could show the, U the UK farmers what Roboti was about and what this product could do and how it could benefit them. And that developed over time into us setting up autonomous agri-solutions and formally importing Robotis to sell in the UK. Wow, very, very cool. You know, for you to go over there and just... Uh, want to learn about the future of farming and really, you know, put yourselves at the forefront to then having the opportunity to start this business. That's uh, that's a really cool opportunity. 
yeah, it was really great. And it's been a it's been a really steep learning curve ever since. I think we quite quickly got to terms with the machine itself and understood that from our engineering backgrounds and understanding how farm equipment works and integrates together. But there were loads of barriers in place that have come from us developing our whole farming systems based around tractors and based around implements and tractors. Mm. Trying to integrate with these systems has been one of the biggest challenge. The robot works brilliantly on its own, but no reasonable farmer is going to completely revolutionise that whole farm overnight and change it. We have to find a way to get this technology in on a farm, making a difference and producing great results but also allowing farmers to continue some of their standard practices in a way that when robotics working in their fields and doing more and more tasks, they can phase that out and they don't have to do it in one big leap. So obviously on this podcast, we talk about careers and, you know, the future of careers and, and what people should be thinking about or looking into, depending on what they, you know, what they want to go into. Um, am I right in saying, and I'm naive about the the whole agriculture industry and farming in general, I don't really know much about the subject, but are we saying that agriculture of the future is going to rely on ai robotics um big data and people who can analyze that data and make decisions on that as well as servicing the drones or robots that actually go and do the work in the fields a hundred percent there is absolutely no question that is going to be the case and even if you talk to the most stubborn stuck in his ways old-time farmer they completely accept that is the future but what's really lacking currently is people seeing a way for us to get to that and that's what I'm focusing my time and my efforts on and bridging that gap and allowing us to use all these fantastic future technologies that are beginning to become ever more prevalent in the world we work in. So it's about integrating this new technology into existing systems, opposed to ripping the old ones down and starting from scratch. That's exactly right. And I mean, if somebody, you know, because it sounds exciting, it sounds like a really good time to get into agriculture. If you're young, you know, and you're ambitious and, you know, you want to help the environment as well. It's a really good place to go because you could have a big impact on on farming in general. Um, am I right in saying skills like potentially coding, uh, engineering, such as, you know, what you've done? Is there anything else you could think of off the top of your head that would be a really good skill set to, to go and nail now for the industry of the future? I think I think there's a slight misconception with agriculture as a whole from people that haven't had the opportunity to be involved in it in any way, that it is um, a very, very closed environment, that there's no way in that one, you have to be born into it or something like that. And I think that may once have been the case, but is definitely no longer the case. The range of skills we're going to need to bring this industry forward and keep overcoming all these massive challenges and hurdles we're facing is so diverse and so enormous. I can see there being a potential for someone with a background in gaming, completely unrelated to agriculture, but they may be able to develop interfaces that are very intuitive and allow a farmer to use the technology set up and work their robots or drones or data collecting systems in a way that's really functional and swift and efficient. There is also place for marketing for everything. You 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 name it. There's there's no skill set that does not in some way apply to the future of agriculture. It's just about having the the confidence to go out there and present your strengths in a way that the farmers will understand. Because the business leaders that I'm seeing all the time in this industry are absolutely desperate for enthusiastic labour and a different mindset, people to bring this industry forward. Mm. It is not just the case anymore. 
that we need tractor drivers or guys in the field mm. apples. Those aren't the required skills. The skills that are required are so enormously diverse. I think you you hit on a really interesting point for me there. Um, I'm a bit of a bit of a marketing geek, and the fact that you said marketing, and you talked about having a you know a smallish family farm or growing up on a, a smaller farm, and there's a lot of small farms that are having to compete with these larger guys that just sell to wholesales, right? But if you take away sort of all the not all of them, but the labor requirements and the heavy lifting and all of that, it leaves these farmers more time to work on things like branding and marketing and really reaching customers that are really focused on, you know, whether it be uh, um, local, local produce or whether it be a special type of farming or whatever to really create your own customer base and sell direct consumer or direct to smaller retailers. It just opens up more options for farmers. I don't know if you'd agree with that. I completely agree with that. And that is just so critical that um, farmers don't just now need to produce their crop and are going to have a market from it or, or whatever it is they're, they're, they're growing or developing. It, it's the case that you have to sell it. You have to find the market for it. The margins are so tight in agriculture, especially when we're competing against ever larger farms that are growing. So to survive in that industry, you either need to diversify effectively, but you also need to be able to most importantly, sell what you're producing and get that revenue in to have a functioning business to do all the things you really want to do and maybe your main priority, whether that's environmental or or sustainable or, or whatever your focus is, you cannot do that unless first and foremost, you have a profitable business. Will this technology also allow for better diversification of of farmers' land? Because if you're able to be more specific in what you target, um, and we talked about pesticides earlier, if you're able to use the right quantities in the right areas or whatever it be, manure, whatever, does that mean that you can use the land in a better way and grow more and diversify the product you have on your on your fields? Yes, I think it does. But something that's really interesting for me to learn is that the accuracy is so important it is not just a case of rough and ready hit it with a hammer or go into a field put some seeds into the ground what's really important now because we're working again on such tight margins is to understand every single detail and maintain that accuracy sometimes that really does mean planting a seed in the correct space at the correct spacings repeatedly because if you've planted something incredibly accurately that allows you to go in with a machine that could mechanically weed it so pull a tine through the ground disturbing the soil in between the rows of plants that removes the weeds and doesn't require any chemical now you can only do that task if you've set up the crop in the right way that it allows you to do that so it's not just about buying a robotic weeder and sticking that in the field and making it solve all your problems there are a lot more steps to the process than that you have to look at the whole system and the whole overall goals and how every piece of the puzzle fits together to gain the benefits that are coming more and more from the technology available i absolutely love stuff like this Uh, i just you know the fact that you're able to use this new technology to change an industry that's been going around you know for thousands of thousands years as long as humanity's been around Um, and now we're approaching this this age where we're able to do that and remove a weed with a robot without disturbing any other crops. It's just, it's incredible, isn't it really? Yeah, it's amazing. And I I made a mistake um, when I started selling the robotic and I've been going to farmers and I've been saying, 
well, the robot is brilliant because it does this, and it's brilliant because it does this. And those are all really important things. The machine is absolutely excellent, but the problem, but but that wasn't interesting for farmers. What I should have been focusing on is what the goal of a farmer is to achieve. Now, is that goal to reduce your chemical input, to induce the ground pressure on the land, so less heavy machines, less soil structure? Is the goal to grow your crops cleaner with less weeds in them to reduce your harvest costs and your harvest requirements and your waste from pests and different things there? Focus on those goals and look at what the barriers are in preventing those goals being achieved and then removing those barriers. Now, if the barrier to allow you to do mechanical weeding is not planting your crop accurately enough, how can we remove that barrier? Well, you use a robot to plant it with pinpoint precision to then allow you to use another machine to weed it mechanically. And actually focusing on the goals and working back from that, rather than focusing on what's great about this machine I'm trying to sell, is now getting a really fantastic response. And uh, we're, we're, we're moving forwards at never accelerating rate. I guess it's a bit of a, a battle of heart and minds for you, you know, convincing the older generation of farmers that, you know, tech is the way forward. It might be a bit of a pain and not they don't understand it, but they've just never seen it before. And they have to put a lot of trust in you. Yes, they do. And as a young guy, that's something I don't necessarily get day one when I call up a farmer that I've never met before and say, hi, I want to completely change the way you grow your broccoli. You know, they don't always accept it. But once we get into the details and we start focusing back on these goals and what we're trying to achieve, and I provide solutions and evidence-based solutions, the conversation starts to open up and the trust begins to develop because what we're doing is not just selling machinery, we're integrating it and changing a whole system. And that can be incredibly expensive for a farmer to do. But if the overall benefits are there, they're really interested and listen. And now I'm working with a range of growers who are looking to integrate robotics into their farming practices. And I get a huge range of questions and very rarely are those questions actually about the machinery. It's normally about the integration, the mapping, the whatever it is and though and bringing that all together has definitely been a challenge but a really exciting one and how is that going with that kind of tech of you know uh, accurately mapping it and whatnot is that that must be a really difficult thing to do to be able to get to like per plant level is that tech that already exists or is that being developed as we speak yes and no there are there are again more more misconceptions and from a farmer's level and without getting too technical there are a range of systems that are sold to you that all do the same thing on the face of it in terms of making a tractor drive in a straight line through a form of satellite guidance but actually you need to be able to do that repeatably and accurately and understanding how the different systems fit together is is an enormous challenge and something that the industry needs to change as a whole the large machinery manufacturers and large tractor manufacturers that are very comparable to in the car world the bmw the mercedes the audi these big tractor manufacturers have built up their own systems in a way that doesn't allow them to easily integrate and easily share information with third-party systems hmm. the implements we use on the back of a tractor are only now beginning to talk to each other and to control and integrate through communications Trying to bring a, a robotic replacement into that 
that has to work with these systems, use existing data, use existing field maps and A-B lines, which are the direction of tractor growth, is something that one company cannot fix alone by covering all bases. It's something the whole industry needs to have some real knowledge sharing about mm. and open up the tech front so they can integrate the systems together in a more effective manner for the whole set of farmers here. So for anyone listening to this and thinking, you know, what, I'd love to get into either agri-tech or agriculture as it is now, what kind of things would you suggest they do? What, you know, what should they study at school or university or how can they even get involved just in their own time, maybe? I think the thing with farming is it's a very practical job. You, there have been times when I've been out in the field at two o'clock in the morning, crawling around with a spanner. And you can't be afraid to do that, but you need to have the enthusiasm and the, the kind of go up and get up and get it to, to be able to do those practical things, but then support that through knowledge and interest and curiosity. If you were to approach a range of companies within agriculture and say, look, these are my skill set. I'm really excited to learn more. I'm happy to get my hands dirty sometimes you're going to fly and you're going to go really far. It may be that you're, you're working on a robotics project and you're coding something in particular. If you're too far detached from the end result, I think that's where you, you, you may not succeed in agriculture, but the people that maybe don't have the, the highest level of technical knowledge throughout but are willing to understand the whole overall systems and understand the final goals that they want to achieve, you can really succeed. And just, you know, for, for everyone listening now as well, a little bit more about Roboti and, you know, what you're doing that and where you're taking it in the future. Okay, so what Roboti is, is a tool carrier that can use a range of existing agricultural implements to perform a wide range of tasks that we do in the field anyway. Roboti is a diesel powered machine that has two separate engines. And what it allows you to do is to go into the field, select an operation from a plan that has been created by the farmer behind the desk in the farm office, start the operation, and then leave it working fully autonomously with very easy systems to control, very easy parameters to set in a way that's very repeatable and effective, but also has less soil disturbance due to its low ground pressure and integrates a system called control traffic farming where the robot drives exactly in the same place every time so it isn't leaving wheelings all over the field. Wow. I mean, that sounds uh, amazing and quite revolutionary for farmers, really, to be able to program a drone or robot to go and do those tasks and then just walk away and manage other aspects of the farm that that saves time and and manpower and everything. Yes, that's exactly right. There There is still a range of challenges to overcome. One of the biggest ones currently is the legislation. Unfortunately, there's no clear legislation that states what the rules are around using autonomous vehicles in the field in the UK. There are some standards and some codes of practice that roughly apply, but nothing specific. Fortunately, I'm working with the HSE, Health and Safety Executive currently, to support them in writing that code of practice, as we actually have machines on the ground in the UK working in a practical environment, not from a research and development point of view, but 
in industrial point of view. Wow. And we're getting a fantastic response and great support to overcome that. But there are a few key barriers that, that we need to overcome to allow this to become widely available to farmers in a way they can practically use it. Um, amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time, Thomas. It's been really interesting to hear about the future of agriculture, you know, in the careers that basically, you know, like you said, so many skill sets can be required to, to push agriculture into, into the 21st century. Um, and thank you so much for your time. My absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much, Daniel. And where can people find you, your company and what you're up to? The best way to find us and follow our new developments, of which we're going to have loads of exciting stuff involving different machineries and different technologies over the next few months and over the winter, is through LinkedIn. We're always looking through there and able to reply to any messages. So you can either do that to me personally, Thomas Beach, or you can go to Autonomous Agri Solutions and someone there will get back to you, even if you're just curious and want to learn more. Fantastic. Thank you, Thomas. Super. Thanks. Bye.